yeah, turn to your Bibles, John chapter 14. Thanks, Jake. Um, he and the team will be coming up here uh, at the end of the service just for some uh, time uh, at the end. Good to see you guys this morning. Um, we're in uh, this uh, series here in John and in the private ministry of Christ, which would be just the last, really it's almost like the last week um, or less of Christ's life before uh, he was crucified. And, and so these are the last moments Jesus has with his disciples and his last words. And uh, we've been taking uh, John 13 through uh, 16, and actually up through 17, but really through 16, just taking the major themes that come out of this section and, um, over these last few weeks. And so we're going to take a, another one of these themes that comes in here that's woven in multiple times through these last hours of Christ's life. So John chapter 12, or John chapter 14, rather, verse 12, it says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Greater works than, than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Then flip over to John 15, verse 7. It says this there, Jesus, a little bit later in the conversation or in the night, somewhere how this goes, he comes back to this idea and he says, if you remain in me or abide in me and my words remain in you or abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Skip on down later on in chapter 15 there to uh, verse, I think it's 16 and 17. He says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should, should remain so that whatever you ask in the Father's name or ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Skip on down, chapter 16, verse 23. Jesus says this again. He said, in that day, you asked nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. He says this over and over and over again, six times, ask in my name or ask whatever you wish and I will give it to you or it will be given to you. Over a period of, of possibly an evening, it seems like. So it's not a slip of emotion. He doesn't just say it in a moment of passion and then kind of like, oh, better not say that again. He comes back to it. And then some more time passes in the evening, and he comes back again and says it again as if he means it. It's not a slip-up. It's not an accident. Ask in my name whatever you wish, and I'll do it. You know, there's a, a scene in a movie uh, with Jim Carrey called Bruce Almighty. I'm not recommending you see the movie. <laughs> Just hear me on that. Um, this is not an endorsement of Bruce Almighty at all, but it's a movie where Bruce is this guy who whines and complains 
to God and against God, basically saying, if I was in charge, I'd be running this planet totally different. You don't know what you're doing. His life's horrible, right? And everything's bad, blah, blah, blah. So God comes along, Morgan Freeman plays God, and he gives Bruce what he wants. He says, for a day, you can have all my powers. You run it. Let's see you do this thing. And so the movie goes on and shows how Bruce runs the world. And there's this moment that happens, which is fascinating. So everybody's writing on this email to God, right? He gets all the emails. And there's like millions and millions and millions of emails. And so he's just typing away, right, ever. And then he finally realizes he's never going to keep up with it all. So he just does the little short command prompt, selects all, and says yes because that's how we would run the world. He would answer everybody's prayer, yes. And so he, he puts yes down there, hits send, and everybody's prayer is a yes. And then what happens is chaos. Absolute chaos, right? And it's a fascinating commentary and this isn't, I don't think, a Christian writing or directing this movie, but is a fascinating commentary on the skepticism of human nature and what our motives are and what we ask for. If everybody got what everybody wished, the world would be chaos. It's a fascinating moment that here's this secular, I don't know, whoever's doing this is going, eh, whatever. We all know what would happen if we all got what we really wanted. It would be a mess, which is interesting. Because Jesus comes, and he says, ask whatever you wish, and I'll give it to you. And you think, you think wow, like everything I wish, and really? Well, if you read the context of everything, there's filters to this promise. It's a staggering promise, but there's several filters as you read this. It's not just um, these momentary, amazing promises God gives us. There's, there's, there's a context to it. There's a flow. Right? And it's like we're trying to talk him into it. Like he's, <laughs> if you've ever, I mean, if you've ever like had a kid come up to you who's trying to like work his logic or her logic on you and they're just uh, young and they're, they're saying, well, this is going to be good for us. And you're like, aw. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, as, as an adult, you're like, you're like 20 steps ahead going, that's, Bless your heart. You're such a cute little thing, right? Uh, this isn't about talking God into it. This is about, is, is your heart filtered by this, this idea that God must be glorified? Like literally glorified. Like it's a must. It's not an option. It's not a second. It, it is. It is the filter. God has to be glorified. It has to bring him glory. That's one of the filters. Second filter, he says, is in my name. And if you, you go through this, he says, whatever you ask in my name in chapter 14. He says it again in chapter 14. Uh, if you ask anything in my name, right? 
He goes on and he says this in verse 15, or chapter 15 towards the end. He says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, in verse 16 and 17. He says it in John 16, whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked in my name. Ask in my name he is an assumption there. He says it five times, in my name, in my name, in my name, in my name, in my name. Like, ask in my name. Which, when you think about it, it's pulling him in. It's as if someone comes to you and says, I've given you a million dollars, and I want you to go invest this and, and, and use this for me and tell people, hey, yeah, they gave this to me. This is them. This is their heart. This is their, their whole, I don't know how, the essence of who they are is wrapped up in this money. And so then we go off and we say, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in all the equipment and start a meth, meth lab. I'm going to produce meth. And we would tell everybody, yeah, they gave me this money so I can invest and make more money. And isn't this great? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce meth. And everybody's like, are you kidding me? Do they know this? Right? Do they know what you're doing with their money? Well, they, yeah. It's in their name. You, you can't do something that's incongruent, Right? The name is the reputation. The name is the essence of, of who we are as a person, right? Your reputation, my reputation, his reputation. If we're coming and we're asking something that is contrary to his being, his, the essence of who he is, it's a no-go. And so it becomes a filter. You may not think of it that way, but it is. It has to be a filter. Can the essence of who he is and who, what his kingdom is about be stamped on that request? It's a filter. There's a third filter as we go through this. It's in verse, or chapter 15, verses 7 and 8. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. And so there's, there's a piece of the word aspect where he's talking in chapter 15, 1 through up through verse 6, where he's talking about the power of the word. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, right? And he talks about his word being this instrument of pruning that cuts off dead branches and it prunes back healthy ones so that they'll be even more fruitful. And he says, if my word remains in you, He's the living word. Everything he says is living and active. He's given us this word, and, and there's a piece of him saying, is my word essentially guiding you as you come to me? If you remain in my words, right? If my words remain in you, well, the word starts to filter us. The word starts to talk about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, right? the love of the world, right? So you have the love of the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You, the word talks about all, all the, the sins or all the, the sinful nature and the desires of the sinful nature that, that are part of us. And, and so that's something as we're coming into anything, we're, we're aware the word is cleaning us of that or saying that stuff doesn't belong in this conversation about, hey, God, would you do this? Hey, God, I really would like... The word comes and says, no, it, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience. Like, we can't come to God. I, you know, sometimes, here's a great example. Um, Psalms, you see Psalms. Well, Psalm, you know, the, the, the author writes, Lord, would you smite these people? You read some of the prophets. 
Well, the word, if it's in us, in Christ under the new covenant, Christ says, no, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. That, that's Romans chapter 12. The word starts to be this filter. So, just an aside, praying that God would smite your enemy is not necessarily a good thing to pray for. Probably won't answer that. Praying that God would you bless my enemy Oof. He'd answer that one. Anybody pray for some of your enemies in the COVID era? Those people you disagree with? That wasn't in my notes. That's, that's a free one. His word is a filter, and the final filter is this. Jesus says in John chapter 15... Verse 6, if you remain in me. And it comes out of, we spent a lot of time last week talking about that idea, the, the life of abiding in Christ and where that branch intersects with the vine. And that connection right there, Jesus says, is, is a description of how we abide in Christ, that resting, that reliance, that that understanding that grows and grows of, oh my goodness, I can't even live out the Christian life on my own. I can't even obey. I can't even like, I still can't produce one ounce of righteousness on my own. I need his righteousness flowing into me to even be righteous. I mean, it's all those things, but it's, it's more than just life. It's, it's communion. It's relationship. It is so deep. It is so personal. And he's saying, look, if you remain in me, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish. So the, the tension of this that I've heard over the years is if we go through these filters, right, however it works out in our life, what's left of us at the end? Do we, do we still have? Do we still get to have our wish? Do we still even have our desires? because it feels like they just get filtered out, right? It's, I've heard people say this over the years. It's like Jesus says, hey, you can have everything you want, but by the time all the filters are run through, what's left? It feels like a bait and switch. So in, in this idea, uh, this promise, even that reaction, and, and how this life works together, right, works out in, in this walk with, with Jesus, embedded, assumed in this whole worldview is two different things. And when at the end of the filters, if our reaction is something along those lines of it just feels like, well, what's the point? Like, he's just going to do what he's going to do. and It's a worldview that demonstrates that we're probably still at the center of the universe. And that everything still revolves around us. And that God, according to that worldview, God is pretty lucky 
to have actually saved us. And God is pretty fortunate to have, have actually discovered how great we are and that we were worth saving. And so then all his plans revolve around us and all, all of his concern and all of his kingdom, everything that happens is all centered around us. And, and we turn God into this great vending machine in the sky. And if we don't get what we want, well, then the problem really is with God. But if we, if we follow where these filters lead us, it brings clarity. Because God will ultimately, we will discover where God is, and he is at the center of the universe. His kingdom is at the center of the universe. And, and living for him and seeing his kingdom come, him being glorified becomes our highest goal. Being in relationship with him, just knowing our life pleases him is the best, right? Revolving around him, he's at the center. And you think about who God is, right? The greatest being in the universe, the one who created the universe, the one who is above everything, who has all power, all authority, who is essentially love, who comes at us. I mean, love is who he is. It's how he connects with us. It's how he relates to us. Perfect love Like right now, he loves you. Like he loves you. He's not gonna love you more tomorrow. He loves you perfectly right now. And he invites us to join him. He calls us to himself. We 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 sang that song, predestined, right? By grace, predestined, chose, called to come and join him. And I don't know if you think about it this way. So if you're talking about the the worldview where God is at the center, then the best thing that could ever happen to us is us to actually come close to him, to have him filter us, because what happens? Think about this. What happens is we find or we discover in those moments that this makes us more of who we are, not less. This gives us more than we could ever imagine, not take stuff away. Right? The farther we get away from him, the less we become of who we were really created to be. You think about what we desire sometimes. And I think about that movie, Bruce Almighty, and the skepticism. Not even the skepticism. We don't even understand 20 moves ahead what God is doing. Jesus, in a couple hours, was going to say, Father, if you can take this away from me, the crucifixion and the death and the, and the laying on of all the judgment on him, if you could take this away, please do, but if not, but, but I want your will, right? Your will be done. Your will be done. And the Father doesn't take it away, but asks the Son to suffer and die for us and it becomes the greatest moment in the history of the universe. His suffering and his death becomes what provides salvation for all of us. 
And it becomes this moment where he is raised from the dead, ascends into heaven, is at the right hand of the Father. What? Victory over death, victory over Satan, victory over sin. And he comes and he offers salvation to everyone. And we would say, oh, Jesus, please don't, don't opt out of the will of the Father. Please don't do that because it's the best thing ever for us. And I think sometimes, maybe as we come to this, we, we think we know 20 steps ahead, but we have no idea 20 steps ahead what God might do. And what it does in that moment, if we get a no, it's not a no, it's God saying, you have no idea what I'm about to do and how I'm gonna redeem your suffering. It elevates suffering, it elevates disappointment, it elevates all the confusion and the sorrow and the loss, and God says, oh, no, 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 it's gonna bring me glory, hang on. It transforms us. And even as I say, you know, we look at these filters, there's still a piece of this. When you read through just the interaction Jesus had with people, they didn't know all the filters, and they didn't have it all together. And you just saw moms and dads begging, Jesus, would you heal my child? You saw friends bringing their friends and saying, Jesus, would you touch my friend? With these filters in mind, Jesus says five times, ask anything you wish. Point, he says, until now, you've not asked in my name, ask in my name and you will receive until now. There's very few people in the Old Testament that were actually given permission to use God's name. And in the new covenant, Jesus coming, what does he do? He gives everyone permission to use his name, who calls upon the name of the Lord, right? Who, who believes in him. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to use his name. And it's, it's for anyone who would believe that Jesus is Lord, right, and Savior, that the Father raised, God the Father raised him from the dead, and they confess that with their mouth. They get, they get this authorization to use his name. And his name, is, his name is essentially above all rule and authority, power and dominion, every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. It is raw power. It is raw authority. And he's telling anyone and everyone who would follow him, use my name. And if you read Andrew Murray, he's this guy that's written, uh, he's a dead Christian guy, wrote a bunch of stuff. Sorry, it's a bad intro for Andrew Murray, but wrote a lot of stuff about abiding in Christ. Um, and he, just an amazing writer, right? Rob Reamer, we just had him here. They, they both talk about the same thing, this idea of power and authority in Christ's name. And they say this, that 
power, this is Andrew Murray, power and authority, or actually Rob Reamer says it concisely. He says, power and authority is expanded in intimacy. Power and authority is expanded in intimacy. So uh, abiding in Christ, think about this, abiding in Christ, something happens when we do that. It's something hidden, it's something quiet, but don't ever assume nothing's happening. Because the more we get closer, the greater we grow closer and closer and closer to Christ, our faith begins to grow, grow, grow. Why? Because we're, we're next to, we're in the presence, we're immersed in the presence of the one who has all power and all authority. And we start to realize more and more and more just how great his authority is the longer we do it. It's expanded and expanded. And what he's doing here is he's not just saying ask, he's saying use my name. And what happens, the, the more we grow closer to Christ, the more we abide in his words filtering us and his glory and all this stuff, the more we start to realize who he is. And Jesus says, look, it goes from asking him to using his name. It's the difference between, Lord, would you do this, to now saying, in the name of Jesus, I command. In the name of Jesus, I release. In the name of Jesus, this is gonna happen. Authority and power is expanded in intimacy, and Jesus is saying, when you abide in me, you will understand and begin to shift towards using my name, and you'll be able to do it with confidence, because you know. You know this is what he wants. You know he wants people free. You know he wants people healed. You know he wants people delivered. You know he wants, because you know the king. And, and I think he's up there saying, you don't have to ask me, just use it. Quit asking me, just use my name. I've given you authorization, raise your right hand. I hereby authorize you and deputize you to use the name of Christ. It comes with those filters. And what starts to happen is the great things of the kingdom of God. The great things. And we start to look at people and we just say, in the name of Christ. And we, we see people healed. We see people forgiven. We see bondage broken. We see marriage restored. We see the great things of the kingdom of God. I just wonder, uh, I'd like to invite the team to come up. Oh, we end at 10, don't we? That's great. We've got a time. I think um, these promises are amazing. This is an amazing, staggering promise. And I guess a question I have, um, does your life, is your life littered with the power and authority of Christ? 
as you, as you interact with people in your prayers? Are you seeing the kingdom of God come? He's saying, ask whatever you wish. Is your life more anemic and weak as you think about this, or is it filled with power and authority that comes from Christ? And as we start to pray and as we look at this world, we start moving into it with a greater faith. This isn't name it, claim it. Yeah. But I think the church, evangelical church, got spooked by the Pentecostals and the Charismatics. And somewhere in there, we lost faith. We lost the power and the authority of Christ. It has to be filtered. It has to be filtered by, by those things. But if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Is that your life? Let's pray. Jesus, would you give each person right now in this moment just a, an unbroken connection to you? So that word abide, Jesus, would that just be for everyone here? Everyone is connected to you. Jesus, would you remind everyone here, each person individually, what their heart's desire is. Bring it up. What have they been praying for? What do they desire? Maybe some of them for years. Haven't seen it. This is just a, I pray you, you're so good. You're, you're so loving. And, and it's, uh, Jesus, you know more than I how scary it can be for some, uh, some of us in this room to think about some of the things that we've asked for for years, some of the things we're desperate to see you do, and, and yet there's not, there's not a yes. And yet, Lord, bring it up. Some of you are probably disappointed, hurt, maybe even angry at God, confused. Can you give him that this morning? Like God doesn't sin. He's, there's no darkness in him. But do you hear him inviting you to release it? 
and to let it go. And maybe just say, I'm sorry, I'm holding on to this. I've been so mad. I've been so hurt. I'm just letting it go. You know these, you know these promises. You've read them, that's why you've asked. Jesus, come. Before we ask anything, if you want a capacity, a greater capacity in your faith to comprehend his authority and his power, ask him. If you want to get more understanding and, and a greater handle, a grip on these promises of asking my name, whatever you wish, say, Lord, teach me what this means. Teach me even how to ask. Teach me. If you want that, just tell him, I want it. I want it. I want more. Expand my faith. I want more. Maybe, maybe ask him right now, Jesus, just... Give me a new understanding of your power. Give me a new understanding of your authority. I want that. And you could even say, in the name of Christ, I release more authority and power that God has in my life. You can do that. That's the kingdom of God. He's going to answer it. He's here, manifesting himself, working in this moment in you guys and me. Keep talking, keep hearing. As the team sings, if you need, want to sing, great. If you just need to sit and just abide, do that. Just be listening to your Savior.